Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this host, or this host, this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And today I have my uh, deacon of worship, Joel Bickford, with us. Hello. My assistant, Kevin Noer. Hey, guys. And the deacon of youth, Alex Tate. How's it going, guys? Uh, we're sitting here enjoying a cigar and something to drink, and... Um, these guys have no idea the topic of this podcast. We just, we're on, and uh, it's just literally going to just spring forth out of my brain. Out of the list. So, I want to talk a little bit about government. Mm. Okay? Now, <clears throat> again, this is... Uh, we don't have anything written down. We're not talking about a book or anything. I just want to talk about government and the idea of government. And government as kind of, from, let's, government from a biblical perspective. Okay? And it's, government is a little bit different than politics. Okay? Politics is sometimes, is an aspect of government. But there's, um, building off of the sphere sovereignty podcast that we talked about, <clears throat> there's different spheres in society, and so there's different levels <clears throat> of government. Okay, and for the Christian, <clears throat> we need to understand the nature of government. Government, <clears throat> what God says about it, and so if you think in the beginning. There was um, Adam and Eve under God, right? <clears throat> they were living in his, his kingdom, under his rule, under his reign. <clears throat> and yet, theoretically, if they would not have sinned, they would have still had, they, had, they still had several modes of government. So you have <clears throat> self-government. Yeah. Each individual person has to govern themselves. He says, don't eat from this tree. You can eat from anything else. Don't eat of this tree. So that means each person has their own personal responsibility to govern their own desires to do what God says and not and don't do what God says not to do, right? Now, that means you could go pick apples or you could go dig a ditch or you could go surf the oceans, whatever you wanted to do. You could, you could do all those things. So you still had your own agency. You're a, you're a moral agent. You had, you're governing yourself. There's lots of things you could do. There's just one thing you couldn't do, yeah. right? Well, and then... <clears throat> Adam and Eve are going to come together, know each other, have babies. And then we see this second level of government, the, the government of the, of the human family. Mm. That family is its own government. How are we going to raise our kids? Where are we going to live? What kind of house are we going to build? Um, what are we going to train up our children to do, right? Each house is going to be its own government. Then you move out, out from there. You, you have a village, right? That village is going to have to have some kind of government, mm. right? People have to work, work together. And then you could, go, you could keep going out. So you could go, for, for us, we could say, then you, you would have a, you know, either a city government and then state government and then national government, et cetera. So we see these different levels of government, but government is important, and if you drill all the way down to the very bottom, I mean, ultimately, 
self-government is is what is the most is the most uh, primal, or is the most I don't know if that's the right word. It's the I, I, w- I want to say the most important, right? Mm-hmm. Because it breaks down. If you if you can't rule yourself, you can't rule a family. You can't rule you know, on and on it kind of goes, right? Yeah. So that was an, in an ideal world, there still would have been government needed. All of and again, once again, God is over all of this. He's the, the still the Lord, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. That would be all an outworking of His government, okay? Because He gives us that um, the auton- or the the free will to do that in that moment. But that's not what happened. Adam and Eve failed to self-govern mm. and fell into fell into sin, right? <clears throat> and then everything gets fractured because now mankind is cursed. Now mankind has a sinful nature. They're, um, there's basically self-governance is they still have a aspect of it because they're still made in the image of God, but it's broken. They, they can't choose not to sin. They're going, they're, they're going to be sinners, right? Mm. And so now one of the most important aspects of government, and this is, um, a key difference, there should be a key difference between a Christian's understanding of government and a non-Christian's understanding of government is a Christian sees the universality of sin in every single person and government is meant to restrain that sin. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's one of the things government, government is meant to do. Mm-hmm. Um, is is meant to well, and then we see in the New Testament that it's the government is meant to punish, like civil government, so the civil magistrate is meant to punish wrongdoing and promote good, right? And so, <clears throat> so all government, that's what government, that's what government is meant to do, right? And so I think the Christian needs to have some kind of working understanding of government. Who's governing us? What's governing? What's government for? Mm. And then when we're having to um, vote and make decisions on things, we want a government that obviously promotes good, restrains evil, but we also want, we don't want a government like a civil magistrate that takes away a person's agency or takes away a person's self-government, Right? It, because that's ultimately violating a person's conscience. One, it's the the state. So let me say it like this: When Jesus says to Caesar, "Give to Caesar what is Caesar's," or he's yeah, the the Pharisees or whatever, mm-hmm. "Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God," he's setting up or he's drawing attention to a concept of limited government. Hmm. Okay? He's saying Caesar has a right to get taxes. Caesar doesn't have a right to your bodies, hmm. to your worship. Right? Yeah. You are made in the image of God. Give yourself to God. Yeah. Caesar's doing, he's making roads. He's going to, he's bat, fighting battles. He's doing that stuff. Yes. Give some of his money back to him hmm. in taxes, but give yourself to God. But what he's doing there is drawing, he's creating this, and it was already there, but he's drawing attention to this principle of limited government that Christians 
should be wary of giving too much power and authority to the civil government. We should be people who are uh, promoting limited government. Because Caesar wants to take not just what's his, Caesar wants to take everything. Mm. Caesar wants us to fall down at his feet and call him Lord, right? Mm -hmm. But the Christians knew that would be a failure to honor God as Lord, right? And so what I, have to, what I actually have to do is learn what to give Caesar and what not to give Caesar, mm. right? And that's, that's an important uh, understanding of limited government because the bigger government gets, government becomes a substitute God. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm that people look to the government to meet their needs instead of God. And that's literally what it becomes, uh, Babylon. You know, it becomes uh, a substitute a substitute God. And we know, if we study history, that when governments take over things and take freedoms from people, they rarely give them back. Right, mm. they rarely give them back. Um, and so, what do you guys think of when, as, as I say any of that? What, what are some any thoughts or questions that are coming to mind as I just kind of just drop this topic on you <laughs> without any preparation? Well, I think it's a. I mean, I think if I thought about it long enough, I could see that. Yeah, pre-fall, um, how government would have been needed, even without the necessary how do you put it uh, restraining of evil there's no evil present but there's still the the need to promote the good or organize the chaos of the good you know you have so many people wanting so many different things that are good you would still need so that's that's number one an interesting thought I'm wondering where the kind of going back to the sphere sovereignty thing like where the so you got the individual the family where does the where does the the church fit in because I feel like in the Christian life, the church in a sense governs, mm-hmm. um, yeah, governs us in a way. Yeah, the, so the church is another sphere, and the church, because <clears throat> um, I feel like that's the same thing that, in a sense, more centered, specifically centered on God, we promote good and we say we push back darkness. Like mm-hmm. those are those are two ends yep. of the spectrum of the things that yep. the church does. Yeah. Sorry. Well, and we announced we announced the rule and reign of of Jesus Christ, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we live as God's new community, His new family, yeah. uh, under our great High Shepherd Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and we're like a foretaste of the kingdom, right? So that's that's yeah. that's what we're doing. But yeah, so the church is the church has its own government too. We we have offices in the church of elder and deacon. And we've got our marching orders from Jesus. And so, yeah, we're a part of that. We're another sphere, and we're a part of that um, necessity of, of governance, right? Um, and so what, what was the question in that? Yeah, I, I was just kind of wondering. It feels to me then that the, in, what, in what you're setting up is Christians specifically living inside of the church community it would seem like we almost have an extra weight on us to be a 
um, I don't know what the word would be. Dual citizen? Dual citizen, almost like a, and depending upon how hostile or invasive the government is being in our life, a dissenting Mm. people. Yes, absolutely. A dissenting people. Yeah. Yes. Yes, the the Bible promotes civil disobedience. um, Like we are commanded to obey God rather than men. So specifically, the Apostle Paul told in the book of Acts, he gets beat up once again. And they, or was it Paul or was it Peter or was it both? I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, they locked him up. Then they let, they beat him. They let him, they let him loose and say, all right, just, we're going to let you get, we're going to let you go. Just don't preach the gospel anymore. And he goes right back. Right? Goes right back goes to preaching right back, the gospel. Yeah. And he literally says, we, we, we are called to obey God rather than men. Mm-hmm. So that's a call to civil disobedience. Yeah. That Christians are not just docile people that go with the flow with whatever the government says. We have to be uh, searching scripture, understanding is this, is our government asking us to do something that's in line with God's word, or is this going to actually cause us to to sin against Mm God? Mm -hmm. And now listen, I also want to say, so government, we have to be careful of giving our personal... Um, self-governance over to anyone. Yeah. <clears throat> okay? The yeah. government especially, but alt- corporations, mm. okay? Corporations are kind of becoming the new... I mean, Amazon is like... I, I don't even know if you put them on a... I don't, I'm just off the top of my head. It's got to be in like... The GDP of Amazon has got to be in like the top 10 of nations... Yeah, in the world or something. You know? Who knows what that is? You know what I mean? Like, Amazon is it's almost its own nation state. Yeah, you know, with the power and influence that they wield, and so we have to be really careful with corporations. We have to be really careful even with churches, and so the Roman. You know, this is a difference between Catholicism and Reformed theology. Catholicism uh, consolidated power. Con- Catholicism and Islam wanted to rule every part of a person's life. Mm. They wanted they wanted to tell you what to eat, what to wear, when when to do this, when to do that. I mean that Islam still does that, which is why there's nev- there's no, you know, freedom of religion in any Islam state, mm. right? Or, or or nation. Um they you're you're Islamic or that's it. We will convert you by the sword and Christianity doesn't do that. Um that's you ha- there has to be you could ever coerce someone into Christianity, mm-hmm. right? So there's got to be this freedom of the individual. There's got to be this, um, we don't want to impinge upon their self-government when, it's, when uh, we don't have to, right? There's sometimes we do have to, but there's the, it's up to us to be, we have to be very careful anytime we, we do that, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, when you t- when you make someone wear a seatbelt, you're impinging upon their freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And arguably, you know that that could be we could push back against that. Let me do what I want to do. You know, I, I who why does the government have the right to tell me to put my seatbelt on? Yeah. Um, because it's you know why can that guy ride a motorcycle? And I, I have to wear a seatbelt. And I have to wear a seatbelt yeah. in my freaking truck. Yeah. Now I get it. It, that one, that one makes sense to me. I, I can at least, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't want you flying out of the 
freaking vehicle and becoming a missile and killing yourself, right? And, and insurance rates and all this kind of stuff, whatever. Um, but the, the, co- the concept still remains. Um, any t- the more we give authority and governance over to the government, really the more problems we get into, okay? And so this is where you hear things about um, the difference between conservatives and liberals, um, conservatives historically have been for limited government, mm-hmm. smaller government. Now, um, and then, you, but then you know, the, many conservatives today, they're they they're they're not that conservative. They're blowing budgets and they're spending way more money. And they're, you know, um, when you're in government and you give people money they're more likely to vote for you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so to be a conservative and, and really believe limited government, um, it's, it's a hard sell, you know, because you're not giving people free, you're not giving as much free stuff yeah. away, right? And people know, if, like these stimulus checks, like, wow, if this guy's going to keep giving me these stimulus checks, I'm going to keep voting for this guy. I don't have to go to work. Yeah. Um, but every, the more power you give over to the government, the more dependent upon the government you become. And the government is terribly inefficient at solving any problems. So the government usually just makes things worse. Okay? Now, why... I'm bringing this up because I don't think people understand. Um, for, first off, the priority of the individual and self-governance. Let me just get into it. We know there's some, some problems with uh, our welfare system in, uh, in the United States. When, when a, a family can continue to have, let's just say, when a family can continue to have children and every time they have children, they get more and more welfare and the government actually gives them more if, the, if there is no husband in the home, yeah. that system is broken yeah. and it's destroying their the, the self-governance, yeah. right? Like it pays me, like let's just think of a female, like it actually, I get more money from the government for being irresponsible and having multiple children yeah. and I get more money if I don't have a husband. Yeah, it incentivizes broken families. It incentivizes sin. Yeah. Right? It incentivizes mm-hmm. sin and... The very, we've already talked about this. The very foundation of society is self-governance and family governance. And it literally destroys both of those things. Okay? Now, this is where, I get, this is where it starts getting complicated because well, what do we do? You know, we got, we, what about these children? We want to help these children, right? Well, the, it, it keeps that idea expand. It keeps working, working itself out. So we look at our public schools. And our public schools, because individual governance has broken down and family governance has broken down, now the schools are trying to be surrogate families. Hmm. And so they're not, their number one priority in a lot of places isn't teaching right now. It's not teaching truth. Yeah. It's, we need to feed these kids. 
these kids are coming to school starving. Yeah. They haven't ate all week. And so it so then school, public school becomes something of um, social wel- welfare, another mm-hmm. social welfare organization. And which would require more and more government intervention, overreach, funding, mm-hmm. then more government say complicates the whole thing. Yeah, and again, it it takes away, again, it incentivizes um, the breakdown of the family and irresponsible behavior on an individual. Yeah. That you don't have to take responsibility for your actions. Yeah. Um, You know, you don't have to have a job and an income and, and raise responsible children. You just send them off to school and basically... The state, because that's what it is, you know, the state, it's a state-run school. The state, the government, is educating your children, feeding your children, taking care of your children, right? And so um, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a major societal problem Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, I agree. And then even, like, the the jobs they get after they graduate, you know, because a lot of them don't go into high school. I mean, go into college. So then the jobs they get, they can even barely provide. So then they go back into the, the uh, so circle of... The whole continue, cycle. Yeah, the whole, the whole cycle. cycle. And this isn't just inner city. Um, I was listening this week to a guy from Hazard, Kentucky. And uh, he, he talked about... <clears throat> um, basically, they, they were all minors. And many of the, many of the men like literally broke their back in the mines and then got prescribed uh, pain meds, basically narcotics, I think, or, or uh, what's mm-hmm. the other word? Uh, the epidemic that's going on right now. Uh, opioids. Opioids. Opioids, thank you. And became drug addicts. And then they started this cycle of dr- drug addiction and then the family, you know, they, they get a divorce from their wife. One of them gets a divorce or whatever. Sometimes both of them are opioid addicts. They get divorced. They've got children. And then that children, those children grow up in that same, that same poverty, that same cultural climate, and that same cycle just kind of begins, yeah. begins over again, right? Mm-hmm. And many of those minds have closed now, and they, they, have no, they have no jobs. So when we think about government, <clears throat> we have to think about what's going to promote. If we Remember, we get all the way down to the bottom of government, Really, the foundational piece of government, other than the fact that it's we have to be doing it God's way because it's all under God, is a person's self-governance. Mm. We have to be careful about taking away a person's self-governance and making them dependent upon, you know, the state. Mm-hmm. Right? We want people to know how to govern themselves and make responsible decisions, right? Mm-hmm. That they can grow up into being men and women who can get married, love their spouse, have babies, build a family. If you, if you don't have self-governance, you, you're not going to be able to be married for very long, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're not going to be able to cr- raise kids with any type of self-governance. So do you think the same, the, a lot of people could say that the church is the same way? Um, 
okay, you want us to rely on the church, right? And it's and its government. And it, could that be the same thing? So the church has to. The church is has has got to be something different than mm. um, just government welfare. We see in the Old Testament where, and even Jesus practiced this this uh, act of gleaning that when they were to harvest their fields, they were supposed to leave some of the stuff on the edges yeah. so then the poor could come behind them and actually work. They don't have their own field. They don't have their own crops, but they left some on the around the edges so the poor people could come and actually work and mm-hmm. get and get a living mm-hmm. and make and, and get enough to feed them, feed themselves. Right? We see it in the book of Ruth. And then we see Jesus do that with his disciples on the Sabbath. He's yeah. cleaning some stuff. So the church has got to be careful that we're... we're there's a book out there called When Helping Hurts, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's kind of a, about this principle. Many times the church does more harm than good. If the church is subsidizing a person's rebellion from God or subsidizing a person's irresponsibility, then yeah, they're just doing a disservice. Because there are many people that just know if I can't pay my bills, I'm going to call the church. The church will give me some money. Right. What's that verse about the man who doesn't provide for himself and his family? worse than an unbeliever. Yeah, so that's the... Give him work to do. Right, specifically... Yeah. Well, two two things. Specifically to the Christian man, the man who doesn't work is worse than an unbeliever. He's called to take care of his family, to get out in the world, and to work hard. Now, it's there's many circumstances. If you're injured or you're, you know, something like that, it's not what he's talking about. But if you're just being lazy, uh, or, if, or if you think you're overqualified for all the jobs out there and you're just <laughs> sitting at home waiting to become a YouTuber, uh, that's a sin against God. Now, the other thing is, the, for the one who used to steal. There you go. Yeah. That's the one, the, for the one who used to steal, yep. he's supposed to get a job so that he could be a blessing to the church, so he could give back to those in need. Right? And so that's again, that's a way of helping that promotes self-governance that can actually produce a good God-honoring society. Mm. Okay? And so it's not when Christians push back against some of these institutions like government welfare or um, even free health care. Now it's free education, free college. It's free, 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 free. They're not, all, they're not pushing back because they're not compassionate. They're pushing back because they're wise and they understand that the government is getting out of its bounds. Yeah. It's getting out of its sphere. It's taking authority over. Government-run health care is awful. If you don't know about this, my sister-in-law is from Canada, okay, where it takes six months to get in to see an oncologist. Mm. It takes six months to get in to see a mental health professional. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you're, if your daughter's, you know, having suicidal thoughts, do you want for there to be a six month waiting period for her to get in to see a, a therapist? No. Like it's, it's, it's bizarre, right? It's, um, but, but, I'm not saying our, our system can't be reformed and there's reformation is always needed, but we have to be careful of, of giving that, that, that over to the government, right? We, we, we should know that the government, all these stimulus checks that they sent out, I don't even know what it is. The number it's like in the billions or trillions of dollars. No, it's the billions of dollars that went to dead people that went to people that like were never supposed to get it, went to millionaires, went to crooks, went to, I mean, why? Because our, it's how, how it's very inefficient. How do you manage that many people? Mm, yeah. Right. And the and so, um, so I, I that's just something that I've been thinking about. And 
And, and how does a Christian understand the nature of government? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is why our founders, see, our founders understood and believed in the doctrine of sin. All of our founders were not Christians, but they were all formed in a, in a more Christian worldview than we currently have today. Yep. They believed in male and female. The Declaration of Independence is, is signed the year of our Lord. Okay, the year of our Lord. That's what it's... So people say, well, there, there's no God language in it. Uh, the year of our Lord is how it's signed. Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. One nation under God, right? Like we've got... Uh, we have inalienable rights. Inalienable rights. Well, where the, All of that came from the Imago Dei, the Judeo-Christian worldview. So they were, they, a lot of them were deists and a lot of them, maybe they were even some atheists, but they were still formed by a Christian worldview of what is truth, what is good, what is beautiful, yeah. right? And, so, and, they, and they believed the doctrine of sin, that one of the roles of government is to um, punish the wrongdoer. And, and government is just as dangerous as actually the government is way more dangerous than any individual person because when the government yields the sword it can take a it can kill people and throw them in ditches and mm-hmm. never tell nobody about it i mean mm-hmm. this is look at china that's what china does mm-hmm. look at uh north korea that's what north korea does look at uh germany nazi germany that's what nazi germany did we that the state is always a threat. That's why we, there's so much language about Babylon in the Old Testament and even in uh, the book of Revelation because governments go bad, right? And they're very powerful, right? Yeah. And they destroy individual liberty. Mm-hmm. And so what did our founding fathers do? Our founding fathers set up a, a, a society with the separation of powers. So you have, not only do you have state you have local and state authorities and jurisdictions, but you also have uh, the different different branches of, of government are separated. So the executive branch, the president, didn't have ultimate power. He couldn't yeah. rule like uh, like a Hitler mm. could. And then you have the legislative branch separate from the judicial branch. Why? All of that is because they really believed in the doctrine of sin. They really believed government can go really bad. Mm. They've been under kings and tyrants, and they've, they've seen it happen. I think most Christians today don't understand that, and they think of the government as a neutral institution or as a government as just a bunch of good old boys who just want to do good for the world. Mm. And they don't see the threat that lies in, in government. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and we saw it, obviously, with this last year. Um, the government, you know... The government has a lot of power. The government has a lot of authority, and the government can infringe upon our rights uh, really easily. And so, as Christians, we need um, to have a biblical understanding of government and and have a, a biblical awareness, and not be naive um, when we're thinking and talking about government. So, how do we? What does it look like to educate the people that we're shepherding in this, so that we're they're aware? We should probably like have a podcast about it. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that's on my agenda is to do um, 
some classes on it, either classes or training That's or good. conference to help um, our people understand it. Mm-hmm. I'm reading a lot of Abraham Kuyper right now who um, he understood this, man. And this is really interesting. This is a different topic. Maybe we'll go into this some other time. The reformed understanding of the world sees everything everything is below the uh, in the in the face of God, right? Yeah. Everything is before the face of God. So Abraham Kuyper, he would say, there's not one square inch of all creation that Christ doesn't say, it is mine. So in the Reformed understanding of the world, everything is religious, okay? There is no secular space. Everything is religious. It's either against God or for God. And we're obviously, we're for God, and so we're wanting to promote government that's for God. But in the Lutheran understanding of kind of, they call it two kingdoms. Like the, the Lutheran understanding, but Martin Luther said, no, no, no. The church is governing over here in the church and the world is, the world does what the world wants to do. That's, mm. that's the state. We're, we're, it's separate. Yeah. And it's in that worldview yeah. that gave the foothold to Nazi Germany. Because the church wanted to stay out of politics. The church, oh, that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's politics over there. That's the government over there. We're just here to do our thing. Well, guess what happens? <laughs> the government comes and destroys your churches. Yeah. Right? The mm-hmm. government uh, murders a lot of people. The, the, the reformed understanding is, no, we're here to speak truth to power. Mm. We're here to bring reformation everywhere we go. We are going to stand up um, and and shout it from the rooftops when the government is infringing upon our human rights yeah. because our human rights that are in inalienable they're only inalienable if you have a Christian worldview they're not inalienable in any other worldview yeah. secularism has no human rights I'll, guys secularism can't even define a human right science right. literally has no definite cannot define a human. You talk about evolution. When when did we become human? You know, if we came from the apes, when did we become human? Was it here? Was it here? Was it here? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. They can't define what a human being is. Mm. Inalienable rights are only real if there is a God and we're made in his image because he's the divine mm-hmm. lawgiver and, and rights giver. So... <clears throat> Yeah. Any other questions? I know we're about 35 minutes in here. So any other well, I just want to say, I think that's this, you know, just jumping right into this. I think it's a good, my, my tendency is, is just to be like so overwhelmed because there is so many facets to this mm-hmm. and there's this issue and that issue. And, um, I think this is a good introductory conversation to be reminded about what was the, what would be the original intent of government, um, and to not balk at it and just shove it to the side. And then even just to break it down to brass tacks of the, the idea of self-government. And I can, if I can realize when the government is infringing upon my rights and then even my family, those are a lot easier things to feel than, and, and to, uh, to, to work through and to have opinions about and, and feel what's right and wrong and what's good and evil than some of the larger things. Uh, that are out there, so I feel I feel a little less overwhelmed, I guess, mm-hmm. after he- hearing some of this. And I, I, I just don't want I want our people to not be naive. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is what government does. If you look at China, right now China is 
exterminating thousands of people of of of, of an Islamic sect right now. Okay, they're committing genocide. They have they have they're trying to obviously uh, repress Christianity. They don't have freedom of religion over there. They have they literally. Now they've they've changed the one child policy to two child policy to three child policy, um, and but they literally will tell they the government tells you how many children you can have, okay? Why can they do that? Because the, China doesn't have a Christian worldview. Hmm. They don't see the the self government and family government. They think they only see civil government, and the civil government controls all. Civil yeah. government is God. Hmm. In China, right? And so we, as, as because we live as Americans and we and our founding fathers had a Christian worldview, we have to continue to fight for that because people are ignorant and they're wanting to give more and more power over to the government. And the government, when the government gets power, they're going to control every aspect of our life. They're going to try to tell us how we can worship, when we can worship, what we can wear and worship, how many children we can have, all of the different things. Eventually, that's where it goes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a. It, that's eventually that's where it goes. Yeah, and so, and it, it's even. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, I can't. Get I think you just hit on it. Like I mean, definitely in this fundamental series, like a uh, piece of our identity as as learners. And I think like a lot of people think it's just scripture, but we have to be aware of what's going on everywhere so that truth can invade every piece of our life so that we're aware, um, so that we are raising up our children in the way of the Lord and anchor to that truth. So yeah. I think that's good that you're being able to um, shepherd us in that in all areas of yeah. what's going on in life. Yeah, because yeah. for me, like we, we want we, we want to renew the city. That's we're going to have to understand government. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the purpose of government? Mm-hmm. Right. What can the government tell us to do? So when the government says, do you, I don't know if we've talked about this in the podcast, but there's, um, Western countries where it's, and I, in Canada, I, th- I think I'm, I'm not fact check me if I'm wrong. I think Canada is one of them that it's illegal to homeschool. Mm. You can't homeschool. Mm. And now there, I could, it should be illegal to not provide an education for your child. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you have a negli- negligent parent or a crazy, crazy parent mm-hmm. that is going to raise you as a witch or something in the woods, mm-hmm. that should be illegal. But as long as you can prove that you're educating your child and they're learning to read and they're going to be able to, by the time they get to 18 or whatever, they're going to be, be able to be a functioning member of society. You should be able to, educate your child any way that, that you want to educate your child. Yeah. Right. That's why, why do I believe that? Because that's a, that's a right of a family. The government doesn't have authority in my freaking home. Right. I have the authority as under God. I am the shepherd of my home. I have that authority given to me by God in my home mm. to shepherd my children. Well, I'm, I'm commanded by God to train them up in the way that they should go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yeah. You're neglecting that fact. You're neglecting that reality if you're sending them literally to a government re-education camp, which is basically what a lot of public schools are mm-hmm. now. They're literally government-ran schools that are pumping our kids full of propaganda. Mm. 
Um, I'm thankful. Hey, here's one thing I just saw. I'm thankful. We have, we'll have to do a whole other podcast on this one, too. <laughs> Our governor in Iowa this morning or last night just signed a bill that banned critical race theory from all uh, public institutions and public educations and, mm. and, and public schools. Right, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And um, we can do a whole podcast on critical race theory in the future. We've already been asked about it. Um, but, yeah, she, she just uh, did that, which is, which is a, great, a great move of keeping some propaganda out of Iowa schools that is being taught all over our country, all over our country. Um, so... All right, so there it is. Forty minutes on government, just off the top of our heads. Uh, you guys got any questions? Go ahead and email us in. We'd love. I know this is a huge topic. We could talk for hours about it, and we probably will. I'm also going to start um, promoting some books and some uh, bringing some books into the bookstore to help us think through some topics like this. So, if you have any questions, email me, Justin at SacredCityChurch.com. We'd love to answer them. God bless you. Talk to you soon.